Hi there, welcome, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Jason Shoulder, and this is Learning to Fail. Teaching comedy is complicated. I've met some complicated comedy teachers. My guest today is Joel Pace. Joel books celebrity talent for Comedy Zone, and when the weekend comes, he teaches entry-level comedy classes to people like me. After 18 months of doing comedy, I decided it was time to enroll in a class. It's the single best decision I've made for myself as a comic. Joel is a little rough around the edges, but he's an excellent teacher. This is the moment where I thank you for listening and encourage you to make a donation on our donation page. It's also where I mention our Amazon portal, a link you can use to help support the podcast financially without spending any of your own money. But I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to bore you with how helpful it is to rate us on iTunes or why nothing is more important for a podcast than positive iTunes reviews. I'm not even going to ask you to keep telling your friends about Learning to Fail because we want this all to be a secret. All I'm going to say is Learning to Fail is a lot of fun for me and I'm going to keep talking whether you're listening or not. And now it's time for my long-awaited conversation with Joel Pace. This is a quick one because Joel's a busy guy and we were meeting on a Sunday. Tim Wright, Ted Wright, and Derek Blackman all piled into the green room where we'd set up to do the interview. I'd never had a live studio audience before. It was kind of fun. I think Joel was afraid to be alone in a room with me, which is strange because he seems like a pretty brave dude. So first of all, Joel, thank you for making time to do this for me on a Sunday. Thank you for asking me to be here and do this. Well, I've been asking you for a while. I know, but... You're, uh, you're a tough man to pin down. Okay, you got me. <laughs> I knew, I do. I got you and, and three of your friends. I got your godson here and his dad. And uh, so this is the first time I've ever done a live podcast in front of an in-studio audience. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. All right, good. So here's our audience. It's, it's my godson. It's uh, Mr. Ted Wright, his dad, Mr. Tim Wright. And one of the uh, funniest guys I've ever met in my entire life, Mr. Derek Blackman. Oh. Is that true, Derek? Or you, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't yeah, like I am the funniest guy. You are the funniest guy I've ever met. All right, cool. So ever since I took your comedy class, I wanted to talk to you about sort of what your motivation is for teaching it. Because obviously, it's not your main income. And you clearly, you and Len clearly gave your heart to it. It wasn't something you do for any right. other reason than you care about it. Yes, yes. It is a, it's a, it's a love. It really is. Um. I myself been doing the class for 15 plus years. I don't know the number, um, but it, it's been at least that long. And, you know, like you said, it's something I don't have to do. I just like to do it. I love to see the people that want to do stand-up comedy and have no idea where to go, how to start. And I think for them to come in and get to perform on a stage, that's one of the biggest stages in the country. Right. And perform in front of guys that are some of the largest comedy booking agencies in the country. It's a good thing for them. Now, they get a lot more tough love <laughs> than they do. Well, they get a lot more tough love out of me <laughs> than uh, than they would somewhere else, you know. Um, and it's not it's not something that I I, I would say that I'm, I'm jaded. I'm going to be mean just because. It's more of a... You know, I take this serious. It's, it's my livelihood. I've right. been doing it a long time. Yeah. 27 years in this business. So I've seen it all. So if, if, if comedy is something you want to do, 
I'm a good guy to know. I'm a good guy to point you in the right direction, help you as much as I can. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, then everything that I tell you is going to be right, but it's right in my eyes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's right in um, that I've been doing it for so long, I know what works and I know what doesn't work. Right. All right. So, and I'm more than happy to do that. I mean, hell, half the people that come take the class never even pay. <laughs> I know. I, was I, I forgot. I, Jake, don't tell me you paid, and yeah, I feel I bad now. I, I was pretty <laughs> upset when I found out that paying was optional. <laughs> it, it, it's not supposed to be an option, yeah. but, but at some point they do, and they go, hey, man, can I pay you $50 next week? Or, yeah. And they'll bring me a cupcake the next week and go, hey, thanks for the cupcake. <laughs> but I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, if it's something you want to do, I'm here to help. Right. No, it's and that's, that's all clear. I do. Like it's totally clear from the experience of being in your class and getting to talk to you afterwards. And you know, you still answer most of my emails. Like you, most, are, yeah, most, not all, not all of them, because some of them are weird. Yeah, well, those aren't. <laughs> we're not going to talk about those right now. Okay, but no, but the fact that I mean, you know, you are still uh, a resource for me, and generously, you know, and and like you know, a couple weeks ago, I was in a drama with one of my venues. And you could tell the difference between when I'm like, hey, I could use some help and like, dude, I fucking need to talk to you, you know, and you were right there. And I really appreciated it. And I just think that's unusual, you know, especially in the comedy world. It know? is. And uh, I mean, that that's it, to me, it's not all about the class. The class is like just a starting point. It's a point to get you going. Right. Um, but I tell you during the class, I'm here for you the entire time. If, if you have questions, keep asking, you know, six months after a year after. Come on in. Right. Let's talk. I'm always there to help. Yeah, I'm kind of amazed that that's a sincere offer on your part. But in my experience, it, it is a sincere it offer. It is a true... I'll tell you, that uh, Ryan Davis, a lot of guys know Ryan Davis. Um, he actually never went through the class, but he was a local comic that got a viral sensation, became this YouTube guy in right. videos, and videos, and now he went from, you know, emceeing to featuring. Now he's getting paid like $2,500, $5,000 a night uh, because he's a draw. He was in my office this past Friday, and I never asked him for a dollar. It's not about the money. It's just about help. He calls me all the time and asks for help. Like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Right. And he's just one example of hundreds. Right. And I'm happy to do that. I'm happy. To, I, I want you guys to be better. I want every comic to be better or somebody that's just starting out. To get to a point where they want to be, it's up to each their own what they make out of it, how you become wherever you want to be. But I'm there to help. How did you get into comedy? I mean, uh, you've been doing it for 27 years, yeah. but were you just did you start out as the main booker for I the was, comedy? I uh, was no, no, no. Um, I got into comedy. A buddy of mine asked me to go with him to see a show at the Comedy Zone. It was back when it was on Independence Boulevard in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it's the home club. Comedy Zone has 50-something clubs across the country. Um, and it, it's their home club. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to go see this show. And so he takes me there. It's a hypnotist show. And there's two shows. They had an 8 o'clock show and a 10-15 show. So we were going to the 10-15 show. We got there like around 9. I don't know why so early. I didn't know any better. Um, but <laughs> but they, had, they had a room next door that was called the Karaoke Cafe. And they had a karaoke bar. So the people that were coming to the second show could hang out in while the first show's going on. When that show let out, those people went in, rotating them. Right. So we go into the karaoke bar, 
and we're sitting there and we're like, there's no karaoke going on. There's nothing happening here. You know, what's happening? Uh, turns out that the, the MC, DJ, whatever you want to call him, the host that night did not show up. And this girl I went to high school with knew me that I did acting and singing and stuff in high school. And came over and asked me, hey, will you host karaoke tonight? I'm like, hell no, I ain't doing that. Are you nuts? <laughs> no, no. I don't know. <laughs> she leaves. About five minutes later, she comes back. She goes, hey, I just talked to the manager. He said, I'll give you 50 bucks and all you can drink. And I'm like, hell yeah, game on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do this. She just hadn't found your price I just, before. I found it. <laughs> it, was, it was five Long Islands and 50 bucks. <laughs> and uh, I hosted karaoke that night. And I turned the place into like a party. We're doing uh, bunny hop and conga lines out in the parking lot and the manager comes running out yelling at me going you got all my customers out in the parking lot i'm like yeah but look how much fun they're having he goes you know what you're right this is awesome yeah nice uh is this something you'd like to do i'm like sure i'll do it on part-time weekend because i was at uncc i was at, in you know college at the time i was like it'd be a great part-time job it'll be perfect so i did that i started out like hosting karaoke and uh being the party guy and then went from that to like bar backing to bartending to assistant manager to general manager to booking clubs owning clubs i fell into it back asswards hmm. and i but i've been there ever since i i love it so did you ever perform stand-up yourself were you ever a comic not <laughs> not not when i first started not when i first started okay Later, why, is, why is everybody erupting in laughter? Later on, that totally fucking reasonable question. Because they're laughing because they would love to see that. Oh, I see. There's a lot of jealousy in this room. <laughs> they, they would love to see that. Um, I'll tell you this. I've been on. I've been on the stage thousands of times. Right. Hosting shows, getting shows started, on uh, going out, opening up clubs, being the first guy on stage. Right. So, performing. Yeah. I got. I got a tight ten. <laughs> after 27 years I got, I got a tight 10 after 27 years uh, <laughs> yeah I never went I never wanted to be the performing side I know what they get paid I, <laughs> I, I never went on the performing side of it it just it, it fell into my lap and I stuck with it right. and I, I love the behind the scenes I love the business aspect, aspect of it. I, it it's to me it's one of the most purest forms of art there is to, uh, it, it's you and a microphone right in an audience good luck yeah i mean that's there's no band playing behind you there's no improv you're playing off someone else this is you and a microphone good luck and i love that i love i love watching someone grow from that beginning idea of like my friends tell me i'm funny right to hey i can do this right and then hey i can do this to i got this it's cool to watch right so what are some of the um, things that you see sort of like new comics do? What's the worst, most common mistake that all new comics come in with? Dirty. Dirty. Um, when you're first starting out, it's easy. I mean, everybody wants to say, can I say fuck here? You can say anything uh, you want. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> most comics want to come out and say fuck and, and talk about their crotch and, you know, just dick humor. And right. like, that's not the way to start. That, that's stuff that is going to make your friend laugh, make the guy that's in the car beside you laugh. Right. It doesn't make an audience laugh. You know, we got we have to think of uh, of an audience. There, there's uh, Mr. Miss Smith just hired a babysitter. They're coming out there. They're sitting in the audience. They're waiting on their beer and their chicken wings. They ain't got there yet. You got to come out. You got to entertain them. They don't want to hear fuck, 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 and talk about your crotch. Right. 
they want to be entertained, you know, but most people starting out, that's where they go. Why do you think that? I is? say most part, most people. Not, right. Why do I think that? It's an easy laugh. Saying a cuss word gets a reaction, you know, but your reaction should be something that, that is more, that you've worked harder at, that you've thought of more to get that reaction. You know, if, if, if one word, a cuss word, gets a reaction, you didn't do a good enough job. It, it should be written material, a little bit of a, a little bit of thought put into it. I really like that. That whole idea that have, how much reward, more rewarding is it going to be when they laugh at your thought than just the fact that you cussed on stage? If you can, if you can say something that's going to take them on a ride. Make them really pay attention to you and listen to you, and 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 you grab a hold of them, and they listen to you for whether you're starting out and it's five minutes, um, or fifteen, or or you're featuring and you're doing thirty, or you're headlining doing an hour, that those people stick with you the entire time from the words you say, that's pretty impressive. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, and I love to see that. So how long do you think it takes for someone to get from taking your comedy class to becoming a headlining? Well, comic? that's to each their own. I mean, everybody's different. I mean, when I say most people come in and they think dirty, they they really do. But there's a lot of come in and go, hey, I don't cuss. I'm, I'm, I'm super ultra Christian and I don't, you know, I won't say a bad thing. There will be no innuendo. They write it their own way. But they're still just as funny as someone else, you know. So it depends on the person. Comedy is definitely one of those things that you get out what you put in. You know, if you're doing the same five to ten minute set every single week, but you're not editing that set, you're not you're not doing something to make it just a little bit better. You're cheating yourself and you're cheating the audience. You have to always be editing, always be editing, you always add a little bit something new. Keep it fresh. Right. Keep it fun for them. And fun for yourself, too, right? I'd imagine. Cause it's just... it, yeah, because you do. You get burned out playing, doing the same. The, the comedy class itself, I know we're talking about comedy class, and it's just not all comedy in whole, but the comedy class, the group that comes in that first day, Lynn Curry and myself, we, we tell them, like, hey, here's what we're going we're gonna to do. We're going to write a clean set. That as soon as we say the word clean, you can see half of them, like, their sh faces shut down. Right. They're like, oh, crap. Totally disappointed. I, I am. I'm screwed. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> you can still say what you want to say without saying it. Right. And we try to help teach them how to say things that you want to say without saying it. Right. You know, so leave some room for the audience to have some imagination. And if you do that, you know you have them connected because they're paying attention. You know, they're not just waiting for the next cuss word. They're right. They're, they're they're listening to you. They enjoy you. That's awesome, man. I tell every every single class, like graduation. Like, like, wait a minute, let me back up. About two weeks in, three weeks in, when they start bringing their material, they'll go, oh, man, I'm sick of this stuff. Right. I've said this over and over and over because they're newbies. They don't know that you say the same thing over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> they're like, if you're lucky, you'll be saying the same thing over and over again for years. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're like, I'm tired of it. I, what do I do? I'm like, you keep doing it. Right. You keep saying it word for word over and over and over. It's the same thing as a as a band that plays a song right. that goes out. And, you know, Chili Peppers aren't going out 
making up different lyrics for their songs. Right. They're playing the same, they're saying the same lyrics for every song. Comics do the same thing. The difference in, in comedy is that you make it seem like it's fresh and new for that audience. Right. You give them an experience that they think, hey, it's just for me. So that's back on the comedian, the provider of the entertainment, to go, that's the way I have to deliver it. So, I mean, we help with not only the written words that you come up with, with the material, we help with the delivery, we help with the timing, we help with the beats, the pauses, facial expressions, animation, uh, you know, things that will help sell the joke. Sell the joke. If you don't sell the joke, they ain't buying it. They're not going to buy it. You have to believe in it. If you don't believe in it, it's dead. Right. So I remember a couple things specifically about my class. It's been a while, so I don't know how well you, you recall the class. but I remember you very well. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it took nine months to get the interview. Um, I'm here because I remember you. <laughs> you're here because you know how many times I'll email you if you don't just finally sit down. If I don't do, do this, you're never going to let me off the hook. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm here. And this is your one time, man. You, you couldn't even do it alone either. No, you had no to I had to bring backup. in some backup. You're like, I'll, I don't want to be alone in a room with this No, you guy. freaked me out. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, but I thought that our group performance on the last night was unbelievably strong. And I remember coming in, I missed the second week, which is when everybody delivered their act for the first time. But even the third week after they'd pared it down from a half hour each, it was unlistenable, most of it. And what was amazing was how in six weeks you took 10 completely different kinds of comedians with totally different acts that weren't working and turned them into 10 people who actually killed on stage for somewhere between five and 11 minutes. It, 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 it's fun. And it, what it, it's just a process. I mean, I don't care what your job is, what you do for a living. There's a reason why there's a business right. and, and they have their reasons why they, the guy that goes out and pressure washes a driveway. There's a reason why he sets it up and does it a certain way because it works. In comedy, there's a reason why you set up your jokes and deliver them a certain way, because it works. We teach you how to work, how, how to make it work. You know, a lot of people go, hey, will you make me funny? No, I'll never make you funny. I'm, I'm, it ain't on me, and it shouldn't be. It's not on me to make you funny. What I'm going to do is get, I'm going to tell you all the pointers. I'm going to give you all the cheats and, and get you there quicker, just for like a three to five minute set. You know, it, don't worry about the time. Don't worry that, hey, it's five minutes. I got to get five minutes. No, screw that. Get one minute and get one minute to be awesome. Right. And once you get that one minute, let's work on the next minute and make that minute awesome. So that when you're on stage, you're getting a reaction from the audience going, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. I don't want any downtime. So that's why we work really hard on that three to five during the class. And what you do after the class is up to you. Right. But you've been handed everything. You've been taught ways to do it. How many people that take your class do you think go on to, you know, how many, how many do comedy for another year, another five years, and, you know, just go on to make comedy their life? I'd say not, I would say 90% fall to the side. Okay. And out of the 90 that fall to the side, probably 80% of them never do comedy again. So that 10% that falls to the side, they're still out there doing it, but they're going to open mics, doing the same thing over and over and over. They're not writing. They're not trying to, they don't want to be comics, right. you know, but the ones that want to be comedians, you keep working at it and you work hard at it. It's, it's not something that happens overnight. 
not even close. Yeah. It, it is hard work. Every night's going to be different. You know, the night that you performed, the graduation, you performed a lot before that, I know. Yeah. Uh, but graduation night, when you perform graduation night, it's an audience that blows your mind. It blows my mind. Right. Still, to this day, blows my mind. It is a friendly audience, and everyone does great. I tell everybody in the class, hey, guys, graduation night, here's what's going to happen. You're going to walk off that stage. I'm going to be standing there right there in the corner. I'm going to give you a high five and a hug and tell you how great you were, and you're going to high five me and hug me and tell me, I want to do comedy for a living. This was awesome. <laughs> and then the very next night, you're going to go to an open mic and go, Fuck comedy. I'm never doing it again. It's horrible. <laughs> I don't want to ever see anybody. It's that night, that graduation night in comedy, you have, it's it's the most friendly audience you'll ever perform in front of. It's cheating. It's very much cheating. It can give you a false hope. But I tell you before that, so you don't get the false hope, right. but you still get it. <laughs> like that audience is so cool. Because there's, it's all your friends and family. It's your classmates' friends and family. It's, it's, uh, you know, another 150 people that I put on top that are just regular customers that come out just for graduation, which is insane. Right. I can't, I can't give a buy a damn ticket to Steve Byrne or anybody else, but, 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 uh, but they come out and then they enjoy graduation night. They love to see that. They love to see the new people, which is a cool thing. But it's up to you what you want to do with it after that. Right. You know, the ones the ones that stick with it after the ones that say, I want to keep going on, the ones that say I want to MC, the the ones that call me or email me all the time and asking for <laughs> information or, que or questions. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're still there. Lynn and I don't turn our backs like when graduation night's over, you're dead to us. <laughs> it's not. We want to see you do great. I, I want to see everybody do awesome. I want to see everybody become a superstar, you know? I mean, it, and it's not a financial thing. It, it's more of a, dude, look what they did. Look where they came from. Look where they started. Look where they are now. How they began and where they, oh, dude, it's so cool to see. Yeah. There, there's not a week that goes by that I'm not in the back of a room somewhere watching somebody, whether it's somebody that's emceeing for us, featuring for us, or headlining for us that started in the comedy class that I sit in the back of the room and just get goosebumps and like teary eyed and going, Oh, that's my baby up there. Look at, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's sure so it cool. It's, yeah. it, that's the reason why yeah. I love to see the ones that really care move on. Yeah. You know, the ones that want to sit around and, uh, you know, th think that it's just a game and, um, I'm, I'm going to do open mics every single week and I'm, but I'm not going to do anything new. I'm not really going to try and then get mad that they don't get the MC, that they don't get the feature. Well, it, it's your fault because what have you done? Have you walked into my office, which is open 24-7? My cell phone is on 24-7. Yeah. My office door is open 24-7. That You can walk in and just ask questions and go, how do I get better? Ike Eikenberry, I'll, th I'll throw a name out there. Ike Eikenberry uh, that went through the class a long time ago. A hundred times he's walked into my office and brought in video and said, hey, I did a show last night. Do you want to look at it? I'm like, absolutely, I want to look at it. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah. And we'll sit there and we'll look at it and we'll make notes. And I'll say, hey, Ike, I think you should change this word to this word or 
this to this, and maybe add a little animation here. And and he kept growing, and he kept growing, and he kept growing, and he cares. So he's featuring, you know, he moved up because he cared. The other ones that sit out there and, you know, want to yell and scream and go, I deserve more. Why? Right. You haven't asked for anything. 90% that are complaining, don't ask. Don't ask. They're waiting to be asked. What are they they're, waiting for? I don't know what they're waiting for. It makes no yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Me as a business guy, I, you know, if I want something, I'm going to go get it. And if you want to go get it, go ask. If you don't ask, you're not going to get it. So what are the next steps for somebody after they take their first comedy class? Like, what should they do next? What should, what should their next move be? Like, they, you got you to you write. Stage time. Stage time, stage time, stage time. Um, graduation night, comedy class night, it's going to be a great night. You're going to have a lot of fun. But you got to stay on stage. you got to stay hungry. So go hit every open mic you can. Go knock on every door and go, hey, can I get five minutes? Bug the hell out of people. You know, even if we say no, we might say yes the next time. Right. But you have to be hungry. You have to keep going after it. You can't sit back and think that somebody's going to come get you. They're not. There's thousands. Right. Thousands. You know, what separates you from everyone else? What separates you from the herd of comedians? Maybe, maybe it's just the jokes and you think that that's good enough to get you there. It ain't. You have to go out and talk. You have to say, hey, can I do this? Can I have something? Do you have anything for me? You have to ask. If you don't ask, you're not getting anything. Do you think, like, I've had conversations with a lot of people, because ever since I took the class here, that was when people started complimenting me on my sets back home. They're like, hey, you've gotten better. I'm like, well, you know what? I went to comedy school. It actually helped. Thank you. You know, and, well, but it's true. I mean, so I have these conversations with people. I don't want to spend the money. I don't do this. I'm like, how much money do you spend on gas and beer in a year learning bad habits from other comics and not really Maybe you learn all the stuff that you would have learned in a six-week class, but I bet you spend more money on gas and beer than you would have spent on the comedy class. Like, I just try to get them from an economic level, not that comics can usually function that way. Right. <laughs> like it's hard to convince them using math. But that was one of the things, like, I've said to my mom, too, because, you know, I'm, I work with different people, you know? Like, some consultant in L.A. wants me to work with them. I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's 400 bucks. I'm like, she says, is it worth it? I said, I don't know. I'm probably... You know, it's cheaper. If it can shave a year off of my trajectory, then it's worth it, right? I mean, and you guys are doing an intermediate class. I'm going to come take that. I mean, how do you convince people the the importance and the relevance of taking a comedy class? I, It's kind of like what you said. If it's something they want to do, but they'll run out to do all these open mics and they'll drive there and they'll spend, you know, 25, 30 bucks at the bar or whatever. The class itself is about, it's 50 bucks a week. Right. All right. So it's breaks down about 50 bucks, which isn't a lot of money. To some it is, to some it's not. Um, but it's, it's, it's a fair thing for what you receive, for what you get. Not only the information that you, that you receive from us telling you about, you know, the business economy and all and the, the aspects and how to write and how to get to the funny. GTTF. Tattoo it somewhere. <laughs> uh, get to the funny. 
Sean, you're out there. You hear me? Um, uh, just, <laughs> that's the Sean that I met that, today. That's, in that's class, Sean yeah. Murphy. Yeah, he tat- <laughs> He actually uh, get to the funny is one big thing that I have. It's my thing. Get to right. the funny. Cut out all the bull crap. Just get to the funny. Get to that punchline as fast as you can. GTTF. We had a comic that uh, was in the or one of our graduates going through the class, and he's a tattoo guy. And I said, dude, I say it every single class. Like, get to the funny, get to the funny, tattoo it on yourself somewhere, get to the funny, cut out all the bull crap, you know, just get to the funny. He comes in the next week, he's got GTTF tattooed across his arm. Like, holy shit, you did it? <laughs> <laughs> You're a weirdo. <laughs> That's the guy. But it showed me that he really cared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so, I mean, we're there. I, I know there was an advanced class talking about going on and you know to each their own if you want to do that go do it if 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 you don't if you just want to come and sit in my office and talk about probably 90 percent of the same crap that's going to be on that right i'll give it to you right it's not like we said at the top of this thing i'm not it's not a money thing it's like i want to find the ones that want to be real about it the ones that want to be serious the ones that do want to move up the ones that want to take it to another level The, the class is is for everyone you know it, it could be a, a a salesman that just wants to feel more comfortable selling his cars to somebody and have a you know be able to make jokes and have fun and just think quick and and you know don't bore people there there's uh some people it's a bucket list item yeah you know my friends say i'm funny i always want to try this and that's it they're done that's the last time they'll ever be on stage. And there's others that that want to do this, that think they can do it longer and longer. I'm there. We're always there. Is there such a thing as being uh, too old to start? No, not at all. No way. Yeah. No, I don't care. We've had, as far as the class, we've had any. We've had people from 13 years old up to 75 years old do the class. Uh, there's a great comedian by the name of James Gregory. I'm sure uh-huh. people who listen to yours uh, will, will know James Gregory, that name. He didn't start till he was 40. He's a multimillionaire yeah. from comedy. He didn't start till he was 40. All right, so there, there's no such thing as an age. Com- what, comedy is for everybody. Young, old, black, white, doesn't matter. Yeah. Funny's funny. I mean, I actually think, you know, as people get older, they have more to talk about that's... <laughs> more interesting i mean i do see some prodigies who are 20 and hilarious but um for the most part i don't you know like i see people who are maybe they're naturally funny people but their material has a long way to go and as they mature and to have something to actually say then they add that to the ability to perform and it's magical it's a hard thing because you know being doing this for so long 20 plus years and and watching people when they were young and now they're old and watching old ones start and watching the new young crowd come. Hello, millennials. I hate everything that you say but comedy. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> get a job. Um, <laughs> now, even the, I mean, even the, even the young people, uh, just they have something to say. They just know how they need to learn how to say it the right way right. so that you don't you don't piss off half an audience. You, you want to make everyone happy. You know, you, you should be able to get on stage. And if you ever walk off stage going, that crowd sucked. You sucked. You sucked. Right. You yeah. sucked. The crowd didn't suck. Yeah. The crowd came to see a show. 
you didn't do the job. You know, now the next person, next girl, guy that got up there, they got laughs. You didn't. Don't blame the audience. Never blame an audience. It's on you. Maybe what you were saying isn't connecting. It goes on you. You have to connect to the audience. Yeah, I've been, uh, I mean, I do plenty of open mics in Asheville. And I remember one night in particular, it was just one comic after another. And then this pro comic who was in town for the weekend just did 15 minutes. And in spite of the fact that the room was half empty and dead when he took the stage, he absolutely crushed it and killed it. You know, and watching the difference from somebody with that level of experience versus the rest of us, even just like the way it sounded from across the room, like all the open mics from across the room, they just sound like they're yelling into a void. And this guy sounded like he was actually talking to people. It was amazing. Like the difference is amazing. It, it it's, it's big. I think one of the biggest problems with open mics, um, I, I've said it every single class. I say it to the people that go to open mics and I still tell them to go to open mics. They're a necessary evil. They really are. Um, you go to the open mics because of stage time, what you need. You have to have stage time to get better. Right. You have to. But if you go there, you should be trying to work to better a set. You should be trying to work on material. You shouldn't care about if I make the other comic laugh. If I'm playing to the back of the room, back of the room is when you get on stage and you tell jokes, just trying to make every other comic outshock each other or... You know, it's stupid. Why do that? It's a waste of time. You should be working on material. Something that's going to get you somewhere else. Some Something that's going to get you on a, on a stage, a paid stage. Right. Um, something that's going to get you noticed and get you hired and get you out on the road working. You know, I mean, there'll be a few that will fall back in lucky and, and get something. But it's that's luck, you know. You have to work on the craft. You do. It's it's an art form, but it's business. Right. It's a business. And as far as a club, club's gonna want somebody that's professional. Period. What, what does that mean? What does that look like? Somebody that shows up on time. Somebody that does their time. Somebody that doesn't go over their time. They stick to their time. They. They carry themselves well. They, they're not getting hammered drunk at the show. Um, before the show starts, they're in there. They're looking around. They're watching the audience that comes in, that sits down, so you know who it is that you're talking to. Um, after the show, when the show's over, that you're not sitting in the back of the room having beers with somebody else, that you're standing at the door thanking every customer that came out. Those people made a choice decision to go watch comedy tonight. You should be standing at the door after the show, shaking their hands, thanking them. Thank you for coming out and seeing live comedy. Not me. Don't, hey, don't, thanks for coming to see me. Thank you for coming out and see live comedy. Live comedy. Because it really is a team game. We're all in this together. We really are. Bookers and comedians. We're in this together. Club owners, bookers, comedians. If it wasn't for club owners and bookers, you would have no work. Right. If it wasn't for the comedians, we would have nothing to sell. Right. So it's a team game. And I got that. I mean, we got that. We understand that we're in this together. You know? So at the end of the night, don't run off and have a beer and go sit in a corner somewhere. Come Stand by the door as people are walking out. Shake their hand. Thank them for coming out. It, it, it helps a lot for the guy that's going to be there next week. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting way to think about it, too. 
like set the stage for the people to want to come back to see another comic. Professionalism. Yeah. Um, is there any last thing that people need to know? I mean, like, is is a comedy club more likely to invest in a young comic versus an older comic? I mean, do you look at people that way? Because you really talked about the business aspect of it. So do you see a 20-year-old with who looks good and a 40-year-old who looks good and, like, I'm going to go with the 20-year-old? Nope. Or... I would never do that. There's no age. Like yeah. I said before, I mean, it, it is professionalism. It's it's who's funny. And com- comedy is, it's, like I said before, it's young, old, black, white, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Funny's funny. Be professional. I think it's cool that, ha- so Tim Wright, who taught the uh, the hosting class, um, it's a comedian here, uh, and he announced after I teased him that you had called me to ask how he was doing when he was teaching his class. He's like, hey, Joel's, you know, my son's godfather. Like, how did yes. that come about? All right. Um, I really am a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like nobody's going to believe it. They're not. They're not. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are going to listen to his podcast and go, fuck him. <laughs> no, I really am a good dude. And uh, Tim, Tim started out with us. Uh, we had our club in Myrtle Beach at the House of Blues. And... I reached out to him and asked him if he would run that club, if he would be the guy to just kind of head it up, because I can't drive the Myrtle every week. And uh, and Tim was happy to do it, and he did a hell of a job, you know. And he was a local Myrtle Beach comic, but I wanted to find somebody local that would take care of one of our babies, and he did. And we've been buddies ever since. But there wasn't a week that went by that Tim didn't call and go, Hey, what do you think about me doing this? What do you think if we do this for advertising? What do you think about that? He always did a little bit more than what's asked. So every comic should do a little bit more. Let me talk about that before we get out of here. Uh, do a little bit more than what's asked of you. And uh, Tim did that, and we just became buddies, buddies, and talked a lot. And his son was playing baseball, and my son's playing baseball, and I gave him a, I gave him a, a cheat, like how to stay in the box and stick a foot in a bucket and when you switch and you know and then and the next day he's like sending me pictures with his foot in a bucket <laughs> and I'm like shit he listened <laughs> he did it and and how much it really helps I mean it was just like a um I'm, I'm helpful I really do want to be helpful I really do want to help and uh and, and we just became these buddies and you know Tim has now moved up to Charlotte where we're based out of and we just became this family, man, you know, just talking all the time and whether it was personal comedy stuff or just personal life stuff. He knows a bunch of my secrets. I know a bunch of his. I'll tell them to you off the air. They're fucked up. And just became these buddy, you know, and he's like, I guess he thought I was sincere that I that I I'm not a bullshitter that I'm real and he asked me to be the godfather and it took me about half a second to say yes you know uh so this is the last question um you said that everyone listening to this is going to think you're an asshole not everyone okay everyone outside of this room the what <laughs> <laughs> that hurts <laughs> There's two or three out there that still like me. <laughs> the ones that don't get what they want or think they deserve, millennial, um, 
they don't like it. I mean, we get it's not only myself, it's Leonard, it's Hef, it's it's Comedy Zone. Yeah. They go, hey, you know, well, Comedy Zone, they don't give me work and, you know, screw them. I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe you should work harder to earn that work. You ain't earned it. Work hard. The ones that do. Uh, there's a girl by the name of Tara Brown. I love Tara Brown. Do you know Tara? No. Uh, yeah, I think maybe it's a couple of these other guys do. She went through the class, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago. And she went out and she started working and she did some little stuff and she's flown out to, and done a couple shows in Vegas and whatever, but she never got what she really wanted from here. Mm. And she came in a couple weeks back and she's like, why don't I get anything? I was like, have you ever asked? No. So you haven't asked, but you're supposed to get something. She's like, uh, well, I guess, you know, yeah, you're right. I'm right, dude. I'm right. If you don't ask, you don't get. Period. There's a thousand comics. Why are we going to go chase you down when we have people that have worked for us for many, many years? Now, we want new blood. We want fresh people to come in. Right. But if you don't ask, you don't get. So ask. Now, the answer might be a no, right. but there'll be a reason behind that no. And we'll say, here's the reason why, and you learn from it. Here's the reason why. And it's going to be something that's going to help you build and become better. But if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that if you say no to someone, there'll be a lesson behind it. Like there'll be a learning available to there's them. There's absolute, absolute yes. If I say no, there's a reason for the no. Yeah. And you'll share A lot of reason. times people don't like me because they haven't even asked. But I haven't reached out and said, hey, why don't you come do this show? How am I supposed to know that you're ready for it? How am I supposed to know that you want to do it? Right. Unless you come in and show me something you have and tell me and go, hey, I want this. At least give me a chance before you say no, before you start talking crap. Yeah. I would imagine it's a tough position to be in. I mean, you're... It you're, sucks. <laughs> but you love it. I, I love it. I love the business. I, lo I, love, I love that, you know... When I sit in the back of a room and there's a show going on for an hour and a half, that there's an audience sitting out there that are putting everything, they left it at the door. They left it in their car. Their bills are due. Their dog died. Their spouse is cheating. Whatever the hell it is. For an hour and a half, we give them entertainment and we make them happy. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. That's something most can't give to somebody. For an hour and a half, we let them forget their problems. And that's not only, you know, just me, but that's for comedians, the ones that are out there working. Even the ones that are doing open mics and there's people in the audience and, and you're entertaining somebody, you're helping that person. It shouldn't be just about you. It should be about who we're entertaining. That's what art is. Art is to give back. Art is to bring joy to other people. That's what we do. That's pretty damn cool, man. All I can say is I will never stop learning from Joel Pace. He couldn't have been nicer, and I feel like I have a much better sense of what it takes to make it in the world of comedy. And also how to get what you want. Turns out all you really have to do is ask. Repeatedly. And eventually you'll wear them down and they'll give you what you're asking for. Possibly. If you're lucky. If you like what you heard, please visit our website. Use our Amazon portal and rate us on iTunes. Make sure you tell your friends about Learning to Fail, and if you feel so inclined, please consider making a donation on our donation page. 
That way, we can start teaching classes on how to fail. Thank you guys for uh, not silencing your cell phones, motherfucker. I don't know who that was. I silenced mine. I didn't dare. Learning to Fail is a production of Jason Shoulder and Marquee Comedy. Original music was created by Adam Fields, who also produces and edits each episode. Lindsay Fields handles all publicity and marketing. If you'd like to communicate with Jason, Adam, or Lindsay, please email us at learningtofailpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our blog and past episodes on ltfpod.com. To become a guest on our show or to request an interview with Jason, please send us an email, or you can message us on Facebook. You can also find Learning to Fail on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, as well as SoundCloud, Clamorit, Stitcher, and iTunes. Thank you for your continued support.